This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Welcome to week number two of the Bostonian versus the book. My name is Matt Peralt alongside Dave Sherapan. We are here each and every Monday through Friday. Not this week, though, but most Monday Fridays for the Bostonian versus the book. We are jam-packed, Dave. How was the weekend? Great to see you. Great to hear you. We got a pregame show for Raiders Browns today. Yeah, a little afternoon affair out west. Um, it's great. You know, we got to spend some time together yesterday in a book, um, wow. you know, down at the Westgate. That was kind of fun. Um, crazy weekend. Uh, a lot of things happen. A lot of things are going to happen today and tomorrow that are going to start to set up this playoff race. There's three games left. It's it's we're week 16, 15. I don't well, even know. We got two days left of 15 and then it's two 16. days left. Right. Yeah. Two days left of 15, 16. It's it's um, it's hard to believe that we're here, but I think there's so much left. There's a lot of meat on the bone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We have a lot oh, to yeah. talk about. Do you think that the Christmas holiday, because it's Christmas week here and then the week after Christmas, but then after New Year's, we have week 18. How do you think the public's going to handle the fact that we have a, a, a regular season game? in January coming up for the first time. I think it's going to be almost like football exhaustion. Like it's going to, I, I, right? I, 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 yeah. I'm afraid of that too. I'm yeah. afraid of that too. The people, people are going to glaze over and go like, Holy mother, we got another week for the playoff start. Like, yeah, but, it, but it's such a tight race that week 18 is going to matter no matter what, there's going to be some really important games. So maybe that's why it won't be as bad, but for teams that stink <laughs> and that are going nowhere. Oh my. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because there'll be what, like six games on the last week that will matter. And then there'll be a bunch that won't. And there'll be a lot of guys making business decisions and playing out the string. And there's going to be lines. Um, The last week of the regular season always used to be one of my best because I would just go down the board and circle all the dogs. I would just give me the dog, 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 take all the points, take a lot of overs. You know, where there's because there's no defense really being played. Everybody's just trying to get home, not get hurt, and, and get home in time for New Year's. Now you're going to have guys coming back for that last game after New Year's. There, everybody's playing for a job every week. But man, you're going to see some bad football from those teams that are out of it the last week. So last year, I did this for the first time in week 17, and I'm really curious on week 18, how contracts with incentives, how did they get adjusted? Because it's a monster week for props. So if you have the ability, and there are certain websites out there, and later and during week 18, I'll link you to some websites you can go to that literally track how many yards guys need Mm. for incentives. And those players that need like a hundred yards receiving seven catches, <laughs> yeah. 80, 85 yards rushing. Like you just go ahead and start pounding those overs and the books are, they sometimes know, and they sometimes don't. 
And for a lot of them, for a lot of the numbers, they just, you know, the computer generates the number and says, okay, this guy should be 65 yards rushing and they need 95 for like an extra mill or something. And it's like the OC is going to get the guy the money because the guy during the week has gone to him and say, hey, I got money riding on this. I need the rock and it's a meaningless game anyway. So it's just might as well get the guy the money. So those are all real fun things to bet in week 18. It's a huge prop week for me. It's not a very big betting week from sides and totals, but for prop bets, you can do pretty well if you know what guys are up against. No question. No question. And I think the last year that kind of, you know, the book gets educated from the better a lot of times. I mean, and you know, the better should be getting educated from the book every day. You know, lines tell a story. Why is this line this? Why did this move this way? What am I missing? You have to ask that question. It's on both sides of the counter. And we did that the last week of the regular season, the last year I was in the book, because we had a guy that I did a show with mention it to me. And I'm like, hey, guys, if you do those props for those primetime games, like you should look at the guy's contract incentives. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, because if he needs over 80 yards rushing, and his prop total says it's 59 and a half. What do you think they're going to bet? Now, whether he wins or not, that's a different story. But why don't we start the number at 69 and a half or 73 and a half, closer to that 80, yeah. then putting it at 59 and a half because that's what he averaged. And that's what the computer tells us to do it. It goes back to that, you know, analytical argument, things like that. Uh, we'll get to the analytical argument here coming up in, in in a couple of seconds, but we are watching, at least I am, I'm watching our, uh, we're, we're watching our chat. So if you guys want to jump in and ask questions, you guys can go ahead and do that. Yeah. I figured that out so we can, we can enjoy that for the, for people who are watching, if they'd like. Did to. you tell the people you picked up the prop uh, pack, the, 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 the thing that uh, somebody won on Friday for leaving us a review and all that stuff? Did you tell anybody oh. Well, I, I mean, I told the winner, yes. I announced it on Twitter. You were oh, okay. Tweet. I announced right. it on, on Friday after I pulled the name. It was uh, Neil, who has a handle that says he's a doctor, but I don't know. All right, Doc. I think he's in Arizona. Yeah, he's in Arizona. Okay. Doctor in Arizona. So Nice. What a boy. Who, who won the props prize spec. So that will be on its way uh, probably tomorrow. Maybe Wednesday, depending on, I, I, I'm going just so I'm making the joke at the headline, just so you guys know, I'm going to Disneyland on Thursday and Friday. So we'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we'll be off until Monday because I had this planned weeks ago or months ago, because Madeline, we, we were going to, the pandemic was ending and we thought it was going to be over. And so we probably wouldn't have booked it if we had known what was going on right now, but we kind of <laughs> figured, Hey, we're coming out of this. And so she said to us, if I get all A's, what do I get? And we said, all right, if you get all A's in your first semester, your first grading period for second grade, we'll take you to Disneyland. Uh, and she got all A's. So there you're on go. the hook. There you go. <laughs> so, so now we're, we're then it was like, when are we going? And it was like, we're going back to Boston for Thanksgiving. And like, uh, so it was, all right, we'll go to Christmas time. Teresa's already bought. We are that family. She's bought matching T-shirts for oh, us no. to walk around Disney. Oh, um, oh, I'm glad you're saying that because she told me um, Dave would do it. She, she, that was her exact word. Oh, I would do it. I would do it. There's no there's no question I would do it. I would probably complain oh, the entire time I was doing it. What I'm doing, yes. Yes. And, and, and for the photo op, I would stop complaining and take the photo and then be complaining again. But remember, in these situations, it's not for you. 
It's yeah. it's for them. This is why you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, you probably got a ride. It's a small world. After all, oh. it will be playing in your head. It's um, it's uh, it we are because because all like the bippity boppity boutique stuff, the stuff that she did the last time we went there, <laughs> it's all still closed. Oh. So I'm saving I'm saving 250 bucks. I mean, I'll take that. But they haven't opened oh. those very close contact type of experiences, like the the, oh, the, the princess so breakfast. Different. Prim, princess, the princess, the princess breakfast. It's all gone. Oh yeah, all, boy, they're not doing any of it. So like, mm. it's basically just like go to rides and then do the activities they've got based upon the rides. That's essentially what Disneyland is. So, Oh, wow. I, I save a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But it's a different type of experience. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but, but luckily she, she's done that already. So like, even though she wants to do it, she knows she's already had that experience. So now it's, she's old enough to go on rides because last time she was four and a half. So yeah. now she can go Now she's actually big enough to go on real this rides. Is, this so. is the dirty little secret that we don't realize as parents until we're older that at four and a half, we're trying so hard. They don't remember any of it. At seven, we're trying so hard. At 14, they don't remember any of it. I mean, and I only speak from experience because I have teenagers yeah. who were doing this stuff over again with with the seven-year-old. And I'm like, you guys know we did all this with you. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm, and I just looked at Jess over the weekend. And I'm like, they don't remember anything. Like, we spent so much money and tried yeah. so hard to go here and do this and experience this for the kids. It wasn't yeah. for us. It was for the kids. And then you're like, now, if we didn't have the pictures – my 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 teenagers are like, we didn't do all that. I'm like, we did. We did everything. We have the pictures, and they're like, right. oh, I don't remember. And luckily, I, and we they, have video now, so luckily it's a little more advanced. So we actually right. hide yeah. video evidence to to say like we we yeah. did this. Uh, by the way, uh, the doctor is a psychologist in Arizona, and he is currently watching the show. So excellent. Our winner of the prize pack. He's a doc. Arizona. Welcome. That's great, man. I'm glad Arizona, people are watching. I love it. Arizona based psychologist. Very cool. Okay. All right. So let, let's get into the openers here. Uh, and let's talk about Raiders Browns in this line. <laughs> All right. So let's go through this. Dave, okay. About? Yeah. So the Browns and Raiders opened up at minus six and a half for the Browns. Favorite. Yes. Favorite. Browns minus six and a half. It immediately got bet down because of inside information that there were COVID problems with the Browns. So it Correct. came all the way down to three. Yes. Then we found out that Baker was out line flips. And yeah. the, then the public follows that line flip all the way up to Raiders minus four and a half when the, and then it comes down a little bit to three and then the game gets moved. All those bets voided. The game gets Done. moved date. The, the date, date goes yes. from the Saturday game to Monday. Yep. So then yeah. Seagull. Off the board, done deal. Every book, every bet refunded. I knew people who were on both sides of plus six and a half and minus four and a half, and they were irate. They're yeah. like, my gosh. So number gets reposted, Browns minus three. Yes. Everyone's like, oh, it must be because Baker's playing, right? Yes. Oh, it must be because if not Baker, the backup quarterback is going to wind up playing. And yeah. maybe yeah. Some, if, you, if you like Case Keenum, maybe you like Case Keenum more than Baker. Okay. Browns minus three makes a lot of sense. Yep. This morning, neither <laughs> neither quarterback clears COVID <laughs> protocols, and it's Nick Mullins, and the current line is Raiders minus two and a half. Yep. What to do with this game, Dave? <laughs> I mean, how should a better approach this game? Because there's no logic to this line movement. No, there's not. And, and again, I think um, we have to be very cautious now being in the content space, telling people that. I mean, it's okay to follow the line movement, but like everything else, it's not the reason to make the bet. And 
I can't explain it. I'd be sitting in the room going, I, I'd have thrown my hands up six times. We had minus six. We got bet down to minus three. Okay, something's up. Whoa, here's the report. Flip it. Okay, you're now you're at pick or minus one on top, meaning the Raiders. And they keep betting them. And now you're like, wow, we need the Browns pretty good. This is good. I'm I'm good with that. Then it comes back. They move the game. Okay, now what? Well, you got to put it back to the original line. I mean, they moved it. That means somebody's going to pass the protocol. Like, we're going to be good. Put the, put the Browns' favor. Wake up this morning and they don't. And I just saw a, a, a shot a little it's earlier. Three. It's three now, by the way. Yeah. Browns it, plus three. So, I mean, I only see it as one way to bet it. Like, and again, it's kind of fun. We're actually doing a show that's almost like a pregame show for the games. Um, if I'll go it to you because, you know, we've always bet it versus book it and all that other yep. stuff. I'm going Browns minus three. Are you betting it or, or Browns plus three? Are you betting it or booking it? So uh, here's where I I want no part of this game except for the advice you gave me last week. So I got up. I saw two and a half plus 120. And I took Browns plus 120 on the money line because I had Raiders for one unit at minus 110. Oh, your season to, bet. To win over six and a half games. So, so I'm, yeah, so I'm good. So I just, you know, I'm good on either side. And so I took a half unit and put it on the Browns plus 120. It's 130 now. And so I'm just going to kick my heels up and watch it. If I was going to bet it straight up, I wouldn't touch this game because I have no clue, but I like the Browns at home against a Raider team. I wish there was bad weather. There's not. It's 41 and sunny. It looks balmy. It's nice there. It's, it's, it's nice weather. If it was nasty weather, I'd be all over Cleveland, but it's not. So, but I mean, talking about a depleted Raiders team with their backs against the wall and they, this is their season. I mean, this is, they've got the Denver Broncos coming in next week on a short week and Broncos are going to be without Teddy Bridgewater most likely after the really scary injury he Ooh. suffered yesterday. So, you know, Bridgewater is probably going to be out for an extended period of time. And that means you got Drew Locke coming to. So, like, I feel really good about the Raiders winning next week at home. Yeah. I just don't know about them beating the Browns, knowing what happened last night with the Ravens and the fact that now the Bengals are in first place in the yes, division because are. Harbaugh has given away two games <laughs> by going for two yeah. at the end. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. And I think it's okay to say I'm taking a pass. Like yes. you don't have to bet the game. I tell people I used to tell people that at the counter. Dave, what do you think? What do I think? I don't I wouldn't touch this game with stolen money. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't bet any money on this game. And this is a perfect example of that it's really, really hard. So I mean, you can make and it the and the time too, by the way. I think people are underestimating just the time of this game. It's a weird, I mean, five o'clock's a weird start time on the for an Eastern time game. But it's just yeah. it's not normal. It's not normal. The crowd's not going to be there until late. I mean, people got to work. People are going to be driving through rush hour traffic. I mean, it's it's a weird, it's a weird deal. It's on a weekend tailgate where you tailgate all day and you get ready for that one o'clock. That crowd is different. Yeah, that 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 tailgate crowd is probably different. I expect though there to be a lot of people there because okay. I mean, Cleveland has life, right? Win and tied for the division. Yes, with Cincinnati and the Ravens feel like they are just another game away from being out of the playoffs, whereas two weeks ago they were being talked about to being the number one seed in the AFC. Things can happen super quick 
in uh, in two weeks in the NFL. Yeah, you've got a losing streak of three games now for the Ravens. They're eight and six. They're three and four on the road. They're one in three against the division, which is significant for tiebreakers. So yeah. Bengals are three and one against the division, which is really big. Swept Cleveland is two and two. Yep. Swept the Steelers. Cleveland's two and two and Pittsburgh's two and two as well. Pittsburgh at seven, six and one. They're not out of it. That, now that tie could really come back and bite them in the butt. Yeah. And, and that might be the deciding factor for them even to make, make the playoffs at yep. this point for them. And by the way, the Steelers are officially on the list. We would, we, we go with uh, the Texans, the <laughs> bills, and now the Steelers are on the list of, I can't bet their games. Right. I was on the Titans. I'm on under eight and a half wins. Like I still think my under eight and a half wins is going to come through. I still think the Steelers are, are not going to win two of the next three games. They've got at the chiefs home for the Browns and at the Ravens. Right. So they can win one of those games. And I still get home on under that tie against the lions will be the deciding factor for me. But I mean, beating, winning, winning at the Chiefs with a one seed on the line would be no shocking way. to me. Yeah, home for the Browns, where the Browns have a chance. Still win that game. Okay, and then at the Ravens at the end. That's the toss up. That's, yeah, it's, that's it. Always comes down to the Ravens. Like the but Steelers. What you've taught me is it's beautiful. I get to bet the other side on that. Oh, you're well, in a perfect spot. So, you'll, yeah, so you'll be in a perfect I'll, spot. I'll bet the Steelers. There'll be a dog. I'll bet the Steelers. Yep. And yep. so I'll be getting, I'll be getting plus point on the Steelers. If they lose, I cash that over under eight and a half. If they win, I cash the one cash the plus. Yeah. Plus no point. doubt. So, yep. So that's, so, so that's how I, that's how I'll do that. So I'll, as long as they go one in one, they go oh and two, I'm good. You're fine. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. I cash it. So yeah. that that's where I'll you know, heading towards heading towards the end on, on, on that game. All right. The second game tonight is, Bears on the road, sorry, at home against the Vikings. So the Vikings have played every single game except one this year to eight points or fewer for a margin of victory. It's insane. It's <laughs> Either absolute, way, win or lose. Yeah, it's yeah. it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So they're laying six and a half. Yeah. So my fear on this is, is that, man, this Vikings team, they're still live. Yeah. Zimmer is still coaching for his job. Yep. But do you trust these guys to go in there and win this game by seven points? Hell no, no, <laughs> no, no way. This is this is. I can't. I can't believe this line move. I can't believe. I mean, this opener was three and a half, four. It's six and a half. Paid it everywhere. Um, no way. I. I. I mean, unless somebody's not playing for the Bears. Now you know what the Bears are. You saw them last week, Sunday night against the Packers. Looked really like a possibility. Did anybody really think they were going to win that game? I mean, people were betting it. I bet the Packers had picked them when they were down 10. Couldn't wait to bet them. Um, I, I I think the Bears can win this game. You're giving me six and a half at home. We know Kirk Cousins on the road. Not great. You just told me that every game they played but one, win or lose, has been decided by eight points or less, and I'm getting six and a half. At some point during the game, I'll probably be able to get eight and a half. You know, if uh, if if the if the Vikings score first, if they score a field goal first at leading three nothing, the in game line goes from six and a half close to eight and a half or nine and a half immediately, just on a field mm-hmm. goal. A touchdown, yep. it goes to ten and a half. So yep. you're fine. Um, I think the Bears keep it close. I I do. I wouldn't surprise me to see the way the season going that the Bears win this game. 
I disagree with that, but we'll get into more of it during yeah. the later book as, as yeah. to how the as to how the game goes. All right, so here we go with the Ravens again, and we're back on this analytical conversation with this team. So losing three games in a row, they are with 42 seconds left last night. Yeah, the Ravens decide to go for two because, well, the logic is you're giving Aaron Rodgers too much time to go down the field and kick a field goal. But here's the really weird thing about this whole deal of him going for two, which confused me if I went back and thought about it. So if they go for two and they're up by one, Aaron Rodgers is still having 42 seconds to go down the field and kick a field goal. Exactly. Nothing changes. So, so why go for two there? What's the point? The game, it's not a sudden death situation where if I make it, I win game over. I make it, I go up by one. And I still have to stop Aaron Rodgers. If I'm tied, I go to overtime and fine, I'm in overtime, but I'm still having to stop Aaron Rodgers. I I don't get why Harbaugh went for two again. I get the Steelers move, but last night, I don't care what the analytics say. It, just a football move. I don't get I, it. I don't get it either. And, and I heard it explained great by, uh, I believe it was Tim Hasselbeck. At 31-23, they're down. 31-17, they score six to go 31-23. Yep. It's an eight-point margin. If you actually follow the analytics and use that as your excuse to constantly go for it or the reasons why, they go for the two right there. There, Because if they miss it, they're still down eight, and they're going to have to score again and go for the two to tie. If they make it, it's now 31-25 if they score again. With an extra point, they go ahead. They're winning. So you want to know what you got to need. You want to try to win the That's game. That's the line, right? That's you the line. Know, you have to know what you need, right? That's yeah, the line. Well, well, now you know what you have to need. You got to win the last three games of the regular season because you've made a decision to allow one play to win or lose a game at the end. And as much as you say it, not every guy in that room on your team is good with us coming back against Aaron Rodgers being down 14 with the backup quarterback. He comes down, leads us in. You're going to let it decide on one play. And then like we were sitting in the book, you're like, he called a rollout. Were they not paying attention to what it was like before to tie it? That wasn't what got them those touchdowns. He dropped back and scrambled right up the middle. Like there was there. I don't just, get that. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we're, we're all at the Westgate and, and, and we, we watched that play. And that was the first thing I said was, why would you roll out and cut half the field off when you have a mobile quarterback who can pick up big chunks of yards with his running ability? You run him into the defense. You take his ability out versus well, like if you want to go ever send everyone run one way and roll him out the other way. OK, fine. Now I understand why you cut the field off in half because you want to do misdirection. But that's not what they did. They tried to force it to Andrews and everybody. I mean, I knew they were going to Andrews. Everybody knew they were going to Andrews. You got to find a different way of, of scoring there because the Packers were on it. They had the matchup they wanted. The pass wasn't delivered because he was rolling out. I mean, yeah. drop back and tell Andrews, just run at the guy, push off and do it, do it down and out. And I'm going to throw you the ball on a pylon. Like, it's that simple. Like, it's still a game. It's just like when we were playing you know, out the street with the kids and just, just go down and see if we can get away with it and push off. If, if we get a penalty, then we'll kick the extra point and we'll play overtime. But 
Uh, again, we're not in the rooms. We're not making those calls. I just, I, I, I actually appreciated what he said after the game. Like, you know, I know the numbers. I talked to the numbers, guys. I push back. Okay, then you can't use it as an excuse when you lose. And I think Ravens fans are going, "What the hell are we doing?" Like we could be winning this division by two games. It just even if you split in overtime, you're in a much better position. Now they're tied with the Bengals, and I think they're going to be tied with the Browns after the Browns win today. It's mm. trouble. It is trouble. Harbaugh after the game. I just got to try to get the win right there. You know, in, in overtime, I think our chances of winning right there were a little bit higher than in overtime. Maybe you can calculate it out, but felt good about it. Felt we had a good play. And, uh, you know, again, they made a really good play. I got to give that safety a lot of credit for getting out there and taking that ball. Are these numbers given to you, and how much of that do you then put your gut into what needs to be done? It's mostly gut. You know, the numbers are the numbers, but the numbers aren't perfect. I mean, I, I can tell you this. I've shot a lot of holes in the numbers. And with the numbers guys, and uh, and you know if there's, the numbers are never going to be perfect. They don't take everything into account, so you just make a decision. The numbers are part of it, but the numbers aren't the main decision. So how do you feel about that? That Harbaugh says, "Gut." All the analytical people are like, "Yay, Harbaugh!" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing it on my gut." <laughs> I mean, he's he's using it to help his gut decision, but he's just admitted there that a lot of what I'm doing is. I'm not looking at a chart saying, okay, it says to go for it. Okay, go for it. He's saying, I know what the numbers are. It's still a gut decision. I respect that. I I, I actually, I mean, you got to be a human being. They're human beings playing the games. Like you have to be a coach. Now, I think you can get caught up in it. And I think sometimes you can make wrong decisions. And he's earned it. He he uh, that's a guy. I mean, you want to talk about a guy, if you don't respect John Harbaugh for oh. what he's done. I mean, he's yeah. one of the best coaches in the NFL. It's Period. not even like close. He's no. he's one of the upper echelon coaches. Players respect him. As a as a Steeler guy, you know, he's driven me crazy uh, in, in Pittsburgh crazy for years. But that's a guy you go over as, as a as a foe or as another coach. You shake his hand, you say, I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Nice job. You know, go go get Cleveland for both of us. You know, there's there's a mutual respect. So I'm glad that he actually said it. Like I know the numbers. I talked to the numbers guys, but it's not a blind decision. This is like what we used to say in the book. I had guys come in with models, and I had guys come in and say, "Oh, this this." You know, we had a model telling us how to book the games. I was the first guy to say, "The model doesn't know everything that we know." We can use the model for what it's worth and take into what it says. But sometimes you don't move a number because it told you to move the number. You don't move the number because you know. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. You live with the results. But I give him credit. I liked it. What about you? Because you went off last week because you had the Chargers plus the points. And, you know, you made a lot of good points. We got a lot of views on that video. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people even text me and stuff and said, what, what, so what do you think when you hear Harbaugh say it out loud right in the postgame? I thought the question was great, and I yeah. thought his answer was even better. To me, he's doing what he should be doing. You use it as a tool. Yes. You're not a slave to the chart like all these analytical people say you're supposed to be. Well, it says 46% of the time you're supposed to do it. So you should do it. Like, uh-uh. Like, I, I'm sorry. 
you take the entire picture into consideration. I liked it on the road at home. I didn't like it. Okay. At on the road. And his answer for why he went for it against the Steelers was that they had lost Humphreys and they were nervous about their defense and they had so many injuries that he wanted to end the game right there. Don't go to overtime. Okay. I, I get that. But at home, you could say, well, you have Hutley as your quarterback. It's against Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's going to be difficult. But his defense was playing fairly well, and his offense was moving the ball like crazy on that Packer defense. So I don't understand the decision because of what we talked about. The open of this the segment was, you know, you're still going to stop have to stop Aaron Rodgers even if you get the two point conversion and being up by one with 42 seconds to go or tied with 42 seconds to go your defense still has to perform. And so I, I don't like the idea of saying, Hey, it's better to be winning than loot than tied. I get that. But at home, I would tend to go for the tie and, and let the chips fall where they may, because you had to win that game. I mean, yeah, Steve, uh, you know, last night on, on NBC before on the pregame show, they were doing the stats and essentially that loss it's a coin flip that the Ravens make the playoffs, make the, the playoffs, make the playoffs 50, yes. 50. It's, it's a 50, yeah. 50 proposition right now yep. that the Ravens are going to make the playoffs because of that loss. So like, it's one of those years where I think the Ravens are having a Patriot year where it's kind of a pass. You have every excuse built up. You've got injury on injury on injury. You've got COVID problems like crazy. Like, the Ravens can say, eh, you know, let's move on to 2022, like the Patriots did last year to like, eh, let's oh. move on. I was so, like, what do you mean it's a Patriot year? Like, how did you tie this into the Patriots? I was like, because I, I think because last year, every Patriot fan knew that it was it was like, eh, whatever. Like, you know, they had nine guys uh, who opted out. They, they, Brady okay. was gone. Didn't have a quarterback. Like, There was no pressure on the Patriots to do anything last year. I don't think there's any pressure on Harbaugh to do anything this year. So, you know. If you make the playoffs, great. If you don't, you don't. And you have, you know, he can hold up the list of injuries and be like, what because do you of, do? Because of the Lamars being hurt and everyone else being hurt, that's that, that's why. Yeah, like, I, all, three, all three starting running backs. Your quarterback has missed multiple times. You've got three starting cornerbacks who are out. I mean, this team is decimated. The fact they're even in these games against the Packers, a team of that, that caliber comes down to John Harbaugh. That's how, that's yeah. how good of a coach that guy is, is he can take a bunch of B's and keep them with, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL, which is the Packers, in my opinion. Right. So, okay. Uh, at home, but still, I mean, it's, he went, I mean, he had, Hutley went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I mean, Rodgers was impressive. Looked, he looked insane. Rodgers looked as good as he's looked all year. He was on one and he missed and it, that one pass. If he, yes, if he, he did. completes that one pass that we were both like, wow, he Lazard, never misses yeah, that pass. Overthrow, right? Yeah, yeah. On, in the corner on, on with 13. If they, yeah. if they complete that, we're not even having this discussion. There's no going for two. There's no, because they're, they don't yeah. have enough time to score three times. So yeah. that touchdown became a field goal. And then, you know, it turned it into a situation. But, yeah, Green Bay, man. That's uh it's it's another win on the road, but a gigantic line move where you know we could take away as betters. Like again, where don't just get caught up in that line move and all that like closing went, line value on Green well, Bay yeah. that you didn't have. And it was seven. Win. It was minus seven until Jimmy Smith got ruled out. Another it opened up four. It opened yep. up and four. It, and it closed at nine and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just insane yeah. movement yeah. all in the Packers. And man, I'm telling you, betting against Harbaugh as a dog is a dangerous proposition. Yeah, I'm I'm done Not doing good. it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I teased them up to 16 and a half. I had a, a crazy 
you know, 25 buck for fun, five team teaser that was going to pay four to one based on the Ravens at plus 16 and a half. Right. So I, I took the bills down. I gave the, I gave the jets and the lions like tons of points. They both came in easy. So like, I just was on the right side of all the different teasers, but right. I mean, I, I will give Harbaugh points. I will not look to fade on Harbaugh. I mean, oh boy. Yeah. If you teased it from seven, from six, from seven to one, you were lucky, but every other teaser missed. Correct. So that yeah. was, a, that was a big teaser victory for the books uh, yeah. yesterday. All right. Yeah. Speaking of teaser victories. Yep. Saturday night, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> it is, it is a three point. <laughs> it is a three point game. Dante Hightower comes up and gets juked and whoop, there goes Taylor. He's off to the races. <laughs> he scores. What did Good he look move. back and tell him while he was doing it too? A lot. He, he, he did a little look back. What did he JC, say? JC Jackson was just getting <laughs> stared at the entire time by Jonathan Taylor going, you're going to catch me or what? And Taylor scores. Right move or wrong move for Jonathan Taylor to score that touchdown. Hell no, it's not the right move to score. Are you kidding me? He's supposed to go down. He probably got told on the sideline, what are you doing? He said, Coach, I'm trying to win the MVP, trying to win a rushing title. Like, we're going to be up 10. Or, well, well, I mean, I don't think he's coming to the sideline saying, I'm trying to cover the teasers for the home crowd. Nope. He's he's got got more selfish reasons to score. It's what? It's the fantasy football playoffs, is it not? You think Jonathan Taylor's in a fantasy league? Nope. I think Jonathan Taylor knows that people are watching and booking him because he was asked that question in the pregame show by Colleen Wolf of the NFL Network, who thanked him, (laughs) thanked him for getting her team into her fantasy football playoffs. And they went on to talk about him knowing that he has a lot of people who have him. A lot of people oh, who have man. rostered him and it's important. His performances down the stretch <laughs> helped a lot of people win their fantasy leagues. And he was aware of it. I, I fully believe and I'm going straight up tin hat conspiracy theory <laughs> that Jonathan Taylor <laughs> scored that touchdown for his for the, fantasy football owners for the fantasy football owners. Now, oh, I mean, we talk about it every day. The lines are getting blurred more and more and more. There's no need. There is no reason for that guy to keep the Patriots in the game. And that's what he did. That was a selfish move that kept New England in the game because the Patriots returned the kickoff for a touchdown. Not saying it always happens, but if it did, Patriots are now down by three and there's what a minute 50 to go. There's time left. There's so much there's, time. There's left. time left. Yeah, there's, there's he, time he, left. He goes down. Two minute warning happens. Clock's going to run the two minute warning. He scored with 201 left, by the way. So he goes down. Clock goes to the two minute warning. Okay. Now the pictures have one timeout left. They take one knee, timeout, two more knees, game's over. Patriots lose by three in the Colts win. Instead, they gave the ball back to the Patriots. They kick off. Patriots go down the field. Now they didn't do much with it, but the Patriots could have and still were in the game based upon Jonathan Taylor's decision to score. It's not the right move football wise. I mean, you know, it ain't the right move analytics wise. It ain't the right move coaching wise. There's, there's not, I mean, maybe so it the is answer the right is move why, why would he do it then? If all those things are true, why did Jonathan Taylor do it? And Jonathan Taylor's a smart guy. Like, I mean, uh-huh. he's a smart guy. He's uh-huh. this. Don't give me this. Like he's just a, uh, football rookie. Guy. He's a rookie. Yeah, he didn't know. He, he's never. He's never he's scored a, before. The emotion. He got nah. caught up in the emotion. Uh. Uh-uh, none of. None of that. He knew exactly what he was doing by going in. For and the he taunted, fantasy people. Oh. And he taunted on the way in too. By the way, but 
I would allow, I need a microphone. I mean, I need a mic. I want to know what he was saying. Catch me. Take me down. Don't make 100%. me fall. Don't yep. make me fall. I am catching you. Are you going to score? You're going to, you're going to do it. Like they were probably going back and forth like that Spider-Man meme back and forth. You do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. Like, I mean, who knows what they were saying because it's the right move to go down. Just get the first down. I mean, you can get the yardage if you want for the incentives and all that sure, stuff. And then go down and then the go down. Line. Do you remember when pull a Nick Chubb go what, out you, at, the, at, the, at the three yard you, line? Just you, yeah. You, like, pull you, a Nick Chubb. I was gonna say, do you remember pulling? Of the course, Chubb? I was on that play. I was, I was it, it, that play burned me too. I was on the I was on the Browns, and I was like, "What are you doing?" It was the same thing, but the line was two and a half for most. It closed at three, but it was two and a half. So you can't even say it was for the gamblers because it didn't matter. I mean, it killed the teasers, but he doesn't. Right. I don't think he gives crazy crap about. It killed my teaser. I lost right. two units on that one play because I had two I had two games teased to the Patriots. Right. So I crushed me on Saturday. But I don't think he, I don't think he thinks about that. I don't think he's that far because the, the the majority of the bets are straight bets and right. minus two and a half or plus two and a half. So the right. game was three. Colts either push or cover anyway. Yeah. So it didn't mid match. So there's no reason you can't you can't go conspiracy theory because it's anti-football, it's anti-coaching, it's a selfish move, and it's the wrong decision. And he did it anyway. All the above. Anyway, and what happens in most fantasy leagues? You get extra bonuses for long touchdown runs. Oh, it's so, big. Oh, I was a big. I was. I was. I was a jackpot run. If you had Jonathan Taylor, that was a Huge. big run. Yeah. So you get Push the stats. You get the bonus. You get the touchdown. I mean, it's. And he's asked by Colleen Wolf in the pregame show about his resurgent second half of the year, how many people fantasy wise. And she met and he's talking to one of the owners of him in fantasy that got her into her fantasy football playoffs. I don't like that. I'm going straight. I hate that. I don't like that at all. I watched I it and like I was like, I, I, I hated it in real time. I'm like, as a media member, don't do that. Like stuff like that. Like, don't, <sighs> don't. Don't thank someone like, hey, you want to thank you for getting me on camera too. Like maybe off camera, you do it as a joke. Right. But on camera, like you don't on camera. That was not a smart decision to start thanking people. And like, and people in the DFS community have come back at me and said, wait a minute, Austin Eckler hosts a daily fantasy show. He actually talks about his own fantasy stats on a, on air, on a show. So, you know, you can't get angry. And I'm like, Austin Eckler has nothing to do with Jonathan Taylor. They're two different people. So, yeah, but I, I mean, again, we're t- we talk about all the time. The lines are blurred. Like, there's no. I mean, I didn't know that Austin Eckler hosts a fantasy football show. Yeah. So why not? You know, he he ran it in. He told him that he was running it in, and then you know <laughs> was asked about it right before the game. It's weird. I don't. I, again, there's a lot of things happening with this whole space that have me as somebody who's been in the gambling world for so long, like. It just doesn't feel right. That's something that just doesn't feel right. Like, I don't want to know about your fantasy team, especially you thanking him right in front of everybody. Like, thank him for all the people that had him, not you. And say like, oh, all your fantasy people, thank you. And well, she and did. It was like it was like, yeah. it was, she, like she, but she, she admitted goes, like I'm one of them. Right. I'm part of I'm part of the group, and on behalf of all the fantasy football owners, I'm, I want to thank, thank you, you for for what you have done in the second half of the year to get us into the playoffs. And a big fist bump and a you know, hand pound and like, all right, go get it. Go get us one more. We're and in a playoffs now. And then he <laughs> runs it in. He runs a touchdown in. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you oh, scoring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anti-football. It's anti-coaching. It's not the right move. It's all the wrong strategy. And you do it anyway. Did he catch some, some gruff on the sideline when he, when he did no, it? Did anybody no. say anything to him? No, it's, it's, it's the Colts. What are the Colts going to do? Come on. The Colts aren't going to. 
Belichick might have said something, but the Colts aren't going to say anything. I bet Frank Reich saying something today. Maybe. Hey, JT, I, 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 next time, go down. Go down? Yeah. Go down. Go down. Put across this, uh, a situation there. All right. Speaking of hell freezing over and, and weird moves, Bill Belichick today, after losing the game, he was very quick and very Belichickian. One word, two word answers. Belichick walked in this morning and apologized to the reporters for his behavior on Saturday night. What, what's what? going on? Yeah. He I didn't see this. He, yeah. I'm sorry for my short answers. I'm so what? Really? Belichick apologized for being rude with the media on Saturday after the game. <laughs> you know, the which is like they're going to destroy what? the Bills this week. You know they're going to destroy the Bills. It's just, they're a hundred percent going to destroy the Bills this week. It's going to end it all. He apologized. Listen, that line in Rocky at the end of Rocky Four, where he said, "If I can change, you can change. We can all change." You know, I guess Belichick can too, right? He apologized for being himself. Like, yes, that's part of the shtick because. Behind closed doors, apparently the guy's hilarious. And right. I've seen some like the football life with him made me like him even more because now I know what he's doing with the media. He's given the media sometimes as part of the media, we ask really bad questions. We just just and, and, and at the right wrong time, we ask a bad question at the wrong time. It's raw. Hey, what were you thinking when you did that? <laughs> like the game just ended. I, I got to go to the MLB game four, Dodgers-Giants, with a pass, a media credential. I hadn't had a media credential in a long time. I went to game four this year and got to go in the post-game press room. And Gabe Kapler came in. He was mm-hmm. – and Gabe Kapler's an intense kind of straight – he's the best-looking male human being I've ever seen in my life. Like, I was just stunned. I was sitting there mesmerized. But I was like, look, he's still pissed. He's sitting yeah. there answering these questions about why he didn't take the pitcher out earlier and this and that. Like, I know he's steaming and he's being professional. And he was answering the questions. Some guys can't do that. So I'm impressed. I mean, are you, you're, you're a lifelong Boston guy. You notice media, you notice that. Like, are you surprised that he apologized to the reporters? The line was he came in this morning at his, at his Monday morning press conference and said, I'll just start off here. Look, fellas, I apologize if it seemed like I was a little short with you after the game. Obviously, a frustrating game down 20 to nothing. Didn't do anything well. I mean, there isn't really much to say at that point without watching the film. Clearly, we had problems in every area, so there's no simple answer. Every play could have been better. Every area of coaching could have been better. Every area of playing could have been better. And that uh, any of that would have helped. I'm not trying to be sure, but honestly, there just wasn't much to say. I don't know if there's any whole, a lot more to say now about it, but it's not your fault. It was a frustrating game. <laughs> like this is like your dad coming to you and, and, and saying like, I lost my temper. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I'll try to be better next time, but Belichick to apologize to the press. Like he hates the press. And yet he's coming out and being a kinder, gentler version of Belichick. I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means. It means you better lay two and a half. That's what it means. The Patriots are going to beat the Bills. They're going to beat the Bills. I said it two weeks ago before they played them the yeah. first time. And, and I now, told you what? And what did I tell you? You said no. You, no, you the, the Bills are going to yeah. win And I'm this still game. saying no. You still think so. And the line came. We were at the Westgate yesterday debating what the line should be picked. And I said, I think the Patriots is the place. And the Bills 
bills you're still holding true i think we're going to talk about it at least till wednesday this week oh yeah it, you know where because okay. i mean there's a lot of games on this look week. i win win okay just yeah. fyi i win win on this okay patriots <laughs> win this game I win win. All right. So does everyone needs to understand this? Like me betting on the bills is it, it's, it's a it's win. win. It's so perfect. I, I, I am you, way too emotionally connected. I, yeah. my mind is telling me that the bills win the game. Yeah. My heart is telling me the Patriots are going to have a defensive performance for the ages and that they're going to make Josh Allen look horrific, yeah. but I don't know. Again, the weather comes down. So, okay, here's here's a monster question. Yes. Who is the best team in the NFL? Oh my goodness. How much time do we have? What are you nuts? Who is the best team in the NFL? Yes. Who is the best team in the NFL? Oh. I can't tell you who it's not. I don't no. I can't tell you who it no. is. If you have to pick one team, who is the one team? Because right now, this morning, we have three teams all tied at FanDuel for the lowest number. I saw to, that. To win the Super Bowl. I saw Chiefs, that. Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, five to one. If I have to pick one of those, it's Packers. Okay. I do too. I agree. I, I just think that they're the most um, healthy slash complete team right now. Yeah. Um, and Rodgers, I, I, I still like – I said Rogers MVP a couple of weeks ago. Everyone said Brady, Brady, Brady. And then Brady got goose egged last night. So whoops. at home. <laughs> whoops. I mean, what was that? <laughs> 26 for 40, 83 for 200, like 10 yards or something. So yesterday, yeah. like there was no, there was no answer. I mean, I dozed off in the wow. first half. I was like, this is boring. Like they can't do anything. In a frustration level, and then they got beat up. There's a couple injuries for Tampa. Um, but again, this happened last year. I, I forget which who who was the opponent, but they lost a stinker in week 13. Saints. Was, was it the Saints again in last year? Week Brady 12 or 13. Beat, Brady can't beat the Saints. Brady's 0 and 4 against the Saints. 0 and 5, I think, against the Saints. Wow. With, with the Bucs. He can't beat them. In the in the regular season, he can't beat them. Just they they just own him. Well, they did it again last night. I mean, obviously Kansas City's right there. I think you um, are underselling the Patriots as well. Um, well, they're on the second level at Fanduel. Yeah, Rams, Rams, Bills, Patriots, eleven to one. So your top tier is Chiefs, Bucks, pa- Packers, five to one. Second tier is Rams, Bills, Patriots, eleven to one. It's interesting. I guess I, I can see it's almost like somebody having fun saying make the Bills and the Patriots the same number because because <laughs> just to piss because, off Buffalo. No, no. Well, just to, just to say to the betters, you pick, you tell us because we don't want to tell you. We don't know. We'll make them the same. You can have either one. I personally would say I would make what I would think would be the winner of this game a little bit lower right now, strategy wise. I'd give the Bills 15 to 1 and the Patriots 10 to 1 and okay. see if they bet the Bills because that would be an indicative of what they think is going to happen this game. I used the futures and Tony D taught me this. I mean, Tony D was really, we, we talked about the futures every day and we had guys in the room that, so, I mean, listen, some of them didn't pay any attention. Some of them could care less. They were like, what are you guys talking about the futures for? Because the futures can be kind of an indicator. Yep. For what guys may bet that week or what they're thinking. 
So if we put out the price on Buffalo a little bit higher than New England and nobody bet it, ah, they're not going to come with the Bills this week. Maybe they're not, or they're not paying attention. Let's see. So you used to play with the prices, and I, I get a little chuckle out of that because you paid the same. You made you made it the same. And the game's this week, and it's the biggest game on the on the calendar, I think, of all the games. I think by far. With the most impact and, and yeah. everything. And, and it's not just because we're doing the show. and it's the no, Patriots. it's true. It's, it's, just, just it. it's, it's the game. Yeah. yeah. So um, are you surprised by Dallas's price? No, because Dallas is – I mean, I just don't think Dallas is that good. So We're in that I'm same not. boat. I'm, I'm, I'm not either. But I know that Dallas is such a popular choice. Yeah. Back to your point about the book, put that number up, let the public bet it, and they're going to lose. So let them go, oh, my gosh, the Cowboys are, oh, my, that's too much of, give me a break. I'm going to jump on the, and it's fine. And then the Cowboys just aren't there. uh, Do you think they're a threat at all to those other three teams being, you know, Tampa, Green Bay? No. No. Okay. No. Right. No, not on the road too. On top of that, not them going. Yeah, they get one home game most likely, and then although now, what are they? The two seed? Like if the yeah, but the that, way things gonna, balance, yeah, it's not going to stay though. I mean, for now, but I, I don't think it stays there. But yes, for now, we'll see where they wind up. Ten and a half point favorite against Washington already on Sunday, the day after Jeez. Christmas. That's my gosh. That's that's crazy. <laughs> All right, so I I need I I, I need the story. Okay. Yep. You post the, you post this ticket last night. Yep. Yep. This is this is for those of you who can't see this because it's kind of hard. This is a five hundred thousand dollar bet. Five twenty five. Five hundred. Excuse me. A yeah. five hundred twenty five thousand dollar bet on yep. the New Orleans Saints plus eleven and a half. Yep. Which which cashed yep. last night. Um. So yeah, let, let's call this person a friend of a friend. Okay. Um. And, you know, I get the text that says, hey, uh, you know, our guys are a big Saints fan tonight. I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, I get it. I've seen bets like this. And my first thought was, all right, he's must have been having a really good weekend because (laughs) he's a gambler. And, you know, when he wins, he presses. It's like a craps table. You know, when you hit a couple points, you start pressing all the bets. You back up the pass line. This is what you do when you're rolling. As it, you know, we talk about it on a basics, you know, thing. Keep all the units the same. But when you're winning, your bankroll grows. So your unit size grows a little. When you're losing, you pull it back a little bit. You know, so if you bet $10 a game and you're winning, you might bet $11 a game or $12 a game and you back it down the same way. So, I get the text and I'm like, wow, I know what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, there's no question. I'm rooting for the Saints to cover. Um, And, you know, I said, can I post it? Does he care? He's like, no, you can post it. You know, just make sure um, there's none of his personal information's in there. And then it came up with, well, how does someone take this bet? And like, why can somebody bet this and things like that? And one, he has the money. It wasn't like he invented the money and he's betting on credit or things like that. You know, this is a, a sports book where you deposit the money and you make bets. So he has the money in there. Two, he's probably bet close to this before. This wasn't just like randomly come up. So, you know, this was uh, through the Bet MGM in West Virginia. I mean, they take bets, big bets everywhere. So that doesn't yep. just happen in Vegas. That doesn't just happen in Jersey. Guy starts rolling as a player. He bets they give him the, the limits. 
Now, explaining it to somebody who's never been in a book or run and you know help run a risk room and stuff like that, everything has limits. So you set limits in the book, you set limits at the blackjack table, you set limits. Everything in a casino has limits, meaning a maximum, ideally a minimum. So the weird thing that goes on in the sportsbook industry is that like the minimums aren't like open for discussion right now with all of these proliferation of sports books and stuff like you can be pretty unfair to, to be perfectly frank with these limits where you tell people, well, you can have $10 on this. We've seen the screenshots. We have a lot of people that we know. They send them to me now, my DMS. And I try to help people like try to find out why I can't explain why you've been limited to $11 and 87 cents on the Mets to win the world series. I, there is no explanation other than the book should probably not be in business. I mean, that's a criminal. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you, you shouldn't be taking bets. Um, but how someone, you know, like this guy can get 525,000 on the saints plus 11 and a half is probably because their limits for regular players. I'm guessing is a minimum of 50,000. Like anybody off the street can walk in and bet the game for 50,000. If they can't, with the amount of handle and things that they're doing, they're doing it wrong. Now, whether they get a better number, whether they get it, whether they win, none of that should matter. If your established limit is $50,000, anybody should get $50,000. That's the way I grew up in the business. Everybody got at least that. Now, if you came, like we're sitting there last night and we're having a day, we're having a day. Um, We need Tampa for a million, a million dollars. It's a seven figure decision. Uh, we need we need the Saints. Guy walks in and says, "Hey, um, I want to bet five hundred thousand on the Saints. Will you guys take it?" Now you have the option of if the limit is fifty thousand, you take ten fifty thousand dollar bets, pain in the butt, and just way easier to just take one bet. Or two, tell them no, and you can have the limit, and then we'll see, and then you know you can go somewhere else and bet it. Um. Or three, you say, you know what, just do it. Yeah. One, and you kind of get off the game, needing it for as much. And now you really manage the risk. And that's what the job is. So that's how it happens. Um, it doesn't always happen because if, believe me, if you take it for a hundred and then someone else comes in and wants to bet Tampa for 200, you give him that bet and you make sure he's still in the casino and say, hey, man, you want another hundred? Because all you're trying to do is book the game. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't tell people what to bet, and you certainly can't tell people how much to bet. As the better, you can change your unit size anytime you want. If you want to bet more, you can. I mean, within the parameters of the book setting the limit. When you're betting at a blackjack table, I've done it myself. I start betting a table minimum. If it's $10, I'm betting 10 I hit a couple, I hit a couple, I bet 20, then I bet 40. And all of a sudden I'm betting 200 because the count's right and everything's rolling. So I have that discretion. Now, at any point, if I want to bet over 500 a hand, I got to get a host. I got to talk to somebody and there's people that can do that. And that's for different, I mean, that's that's the rules of the game. So that's how it happens. It was an interesting discussion. Um, I traded texts with uh, some people last night. I hope, <laughs> I hope that this guy does not come like on Old Dominion for like a six-figure bet. Because for me in the book, now this guy is what I would call dangerous, right? I mean, he's he's loaded for bear. He's going to fire. 
He's not taking the money and walking. That would be the worst thing. I would want this guy to can play now. So now I might have to extend limits even further to keep him playing. That's the name of the game. We need you to keep playing. I just, I'm a little scared if he comes with old dominion and I want a hundred thousand. Yeah. I I mean, we're taking 20, but I mean, I know Josh, you're, you know, Jay and, and, and all these other things, um, you know, Hey Bill, we got to, we, we, we're only taking, we'll give you 50, you know, on the game. We can't give you a hundred and you got to kind of work with them, but maybe he's coming with the Browns. Maybe he's coming with the Raiders. Who knows? All right. Quickly, before we get to better or book it, uh, I, I want to get your take on the award that the dailies won playing golf together at the father son. tournament. <laughs> What is that? What? I didn't see that in the picture. Holy hell. What is that? They give them belts. That? Oh, come on. When you, when you win this event, you get belts. So this is the event that Tiger and Charlie played in and Justin Thomas and his father won last year. This oh, is a real picture of oh, Santa Claus, a.k.a. John Daly, who at the turn <laughs> was smoking heaters. He was. Well, he was he burning was. it down yeah. like it's a uni <laughs> in, you know... <laughs> He's just out here. He's out in Arkansas just doing his thing. Doing his thing. Like cart girl coming around and buying Patron shots and like, we're all good. (laughs) He's he's out here here with his son and they win this thing. And the John Daly, the Daly's junior and senior, they win. And the trophy is a belt that will not fit around John Daly's waist. No. Look, he's holding, he's holding the belt up. Yep. The belt yep. will not go around. Yep. <laughs> it will not fit mm-hmm. around the circumference of nope. his of his waist. Is this the worst trophy ever? Uh yeah. I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. It's I mean an awful like whose idea was it? And aside from the, the idea that the trophy being a belt is bad, it's too small. Like it's can't tiny. you just put it over your shoulder? Like they, they couldn't did somebody do that. Just, yes, okay. they did like, do let, that. Let's they, just put it over our shoulders for the photo up. And then yes, they, all right. Well, no, you got to put it around your waist for the photo op too. Like, yeah, they did do that. I, see, yeah, see, yeah, see, yeah. see, I, I could find the other picture of it, oh, but maybe goodness. not. But the yeah. PGA Tour did. The PGA Tour did did put it up. There was a a, a a secondary picture of them holding it over their over their uh, shoulders, but it's, oof, it's a bad picture. It's a yeah, and picture. I was. I mean, I got caught up in it. I was watching Charlie and Tiger. That was so much fun on an NFL Sunday. Distracted from at the time, which was a really boring Steeler game. Yes, you know it was thirteen. I was like, all right, I'm, I got it on in the other room, and like, and, and Jess and Kendall all, all were watching. The early games it. were boring. Where it was, I, it was a really I was watching golf. Yeah. The Second that did that, Charlie stuck that par three on the on the short side where nobody was able to stick it on the short side. I was like, "Oh, okay, now we're playing." Like, I was Charlie's. Do you believe Charlie's that caring. shot? Like I that? It. I mean, the putt and the point back and the flip the coin at Dad. Like, I got you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got you. That he was, was carrying cool. Dad. Oh. He carried his father because on the part on that same par three, Tiger went long and right, like way long and right, and Charlie had it. Five feet on the near side with water from two thirty nine on a long par three, like it was an me? absolute dart, yep. and I was that, that I went crazy on that shot because you know how hard that shot is. Oh, it, oh yeah, it's impossible. he's twelve years old. It's it's it, he looks 
younger than 12. Yes, he does. And, sm- and smaller than like, you, you know, like, yes. Ty- Tiger's a big dude. So like, I wonder when this kid hits puberty, like, what does he look like? How much bigger is he going to get? Cause his game is there already. I mean, it's just, and I thought the guys made a very good point about on, on the broadcast saying that like, because Charlie loves the game and Charlie is playing tiger will have that in his mind of like, I want to be in a PGA tour event with Charlie and he'll keep on playing until if and when Charlie gets his tour card. So we're going to get Tiger into his late fifties playing golf. I get, um, I get like almost misty eyed and choked up thinking about it because as a, you know, as a guy, you want to do anything with your dad and, and, and watching a guy who's been through so much with Tiger, he's going to be rejuvenated. I kept walking around saying like my daughter's seven and she thought Charlie was cool. Yeah. And thought, look at this. Like, this is real. Like, they're dressed the same. Like, she don't know nothing about Tiger Woods other than he right. was really good. And, you know, right. her grandma thinks he's the greatest golfer ever. And Papap is holding true to the Jack Nicholas argument. So you should see, you want to talk about an argument. They go back Ooh. and forth. They get heated about it. So she's heard it since she's been a little kid, but she was caught up in watching it. And it was one of those things I was like, this is just a really cool thing. And we're going to remember this. But Tiger's not going anywhere. He's going to be his dad watching yeah. his kid yep. at the golf tournaments. Only he's Tiger Woods. He's not Earl. I mean, right. Earl was at everything for as long right. as he could. And now he wa- – you remember that walk-off, that first Masters victory when he blew out the oh, field? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, it's funny. So, like, golf, Tiger has been my inspiration since I was 12. Tiger and I the same age. So, when I was 12 – I picked up a golf club for the first time. I lived in Andover, Mass. My best friend at the time lived down the hill from Andover Country Club. And so my friend's father had a bunch of old clubs and he like suggested to us, like, would you guys ever think about picking up golf? And so like we were swinging it and playing it. And then we started to like go to the club and started to, to play around. And then like two or three months after playing, Golf Digest writes this big article about a kid named Tiger Woods. And it's this 12-year-old <laughs> phenom. Named golf Tiger Digest. Woods. We're yep. so old. Remember Golf <laughs> Digest? Okay. So, so Golf Digest has a story on this California guy named Tiger Woods. And I'm like, what a crazy name. His name's Tiger. And it's this long thing. He had just won a big tournament and how everybody was talking. And I stopped when I'm watching this and I'm going, holy crap, Charlie's 12. Like, this is when I heard about Tiger when Tiger was 12. And now I'm watching Tiger with his 12 year old playing, and everyone's finding out the world's finding out about Charlie Woods the 12 year old. And I was just like taken immediately back to the basement of my friend where we were laying down. I know the color of the rug. (laughs) I know, I know where the TV was. I I know that they had this awful like 1990s, like everyone in the nineties in Andover had mirrors on their walls. So like in the basement, there was like all all these mirrors on the wall. And like, I was immediately 12 years old again. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. This is where my love of golf really started and came from. And now it's come full circle and I'm watching Tiger Woods, the 44 year old now with his 12 year old playing golf in a tournament. It's unbelievable. Isn't it? It's a crazy moment. It's it, 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 it's all. and, And now you saying it, like, I remember the golf digest. Like I remember reading that and, and thinking, I had seen him before on the Mike Douglas show. 
Yeah, back when he was three years old, that was the first time Tiger got on national TV because right. of his So I'm, I'm a little bit yeah. older than you. I'm 51. Right. So I remember that yeah. and going, who is this guy? And then you think about like all the all the dad sons, like the Marinoviches were the one for me. You know, they were these guys oh. in California where Todd Marinovich, you know, they didn't let him do anything. He didn't let him eat yeah. uh, chocolate. He didn't let him drink soda. I was like, this guy's not letting his kid be a kid. Like this, yeah. he's a robot. And then- when he got to finally have a little bit of freedom, he went completely the other way. So I which think ti- which Tiger did too, by the way. I think <laughs> I, I think I think Tiger will take that all into account. Agreed. I think I think he's only going to make Charlie better. And I know well, we Elin, live this every Elin, day, right? Elon too will be very of course because uh, she was nowhere to be found. I kept on waiting for like. Like mom's gonna be there, right? Like, right. No, mom. Mom's gonna. She wanted. Like she knew. I'm not going near that. No cameras. No interviews. Nothing. No one's getting a shot of me. You know, being excited for Tiger or whatnot. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> like zero involvement. I guess, but like as a parent, I think we're all trying to do this. Like we're trying to be better for our kids. Like we've done so many things and made those mistakes. And like, like I think about that stuff every day and I tell the kids, I'm like, you can't fool me. I did all of the stuff you're thinking about doing. And I know your next three moves after you do it. So just tell me the truth. Like we're good. And, and, and I, I hope, and I think Tiger will, because Charlie looks like he could play. Like I was thinking at one point, like, man, he, I mean, like if we went and played, I'd have to, I'd have to get 20 strokes. Like Charlie can go shoot par. Yeah. He's smoking. Now, like, yeah. come on. He's yeah. No, it was, it was absolutely fun. awesome. Fun really, to really, watch. Really, really fun. All right. Time now for better to book it. Let's here. Do it. Uh, like I mentioned, I'll just, you're taking Brown's money line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think Brown's win today. Yep. Yeah. So, so we're both on Brown's money line. I'm on it for selfish reasons because I'm right. on both sides. So it doesn't right. matter to me, but, but you, you like the Brown Brown's yep. money line. I, I, I get, so we're going to bet that Brown's money line. All right. This is what I did with the Vikings and the Browns pulled the Vikings down from six and a half to a half a point. Just win the game. Took okay. the total for, down to four and 44 to 38 and bet the over Vikings are six and one on the road this year to the over. The Bears have given up 30 or more points the last two games. They've scored, but they've deep, their defense has been given up a lot. Vikings defense is suspect. I think they get scored on today by the Bears. I'm taking the Vikings just to win the game and then go over 38 at minus 120. Betting it or booking it. I think we're betting that one. I was gonna. I was thinking of a reason because I, I don't want to have to need the, the Bears to win the game. I don't yeah. want that. If you're giving me the points, I feel better. Um and I thinking about the total, and I'm like, all right, if he would have went up and gone under, I would have liked it more. But it makes perfect sense. I I don't want under in this game. I I don't want under it pretty much in any NFL game really right now, but definitely not this one. Uh, we're betting it. Very nice. My thought on and somebody asked me why won't why wouldn't you just take the six and a half and make it twelve and have it take the Bears because you talked about all the one score games that the Vikings have played in, and that is true. I don't trust Justin Fields not to make a big mistake and have this game turn into it's tight, 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 and then late fumble, late pick, and all of a sudden it's a 14 yeah. point margin. Yeah, and, and you get Jonathan Taylor by Dalvin Cook. Exactly. Or right. You don't yes. need you don't need that aggravation. Yeah. I don't that would be, that. You already yeah. did it on Saturday with the, yes. so, the, the point. You're gonna do that again. 
Yeah, just take the home team and and and, <laughs> and be done with it. All right, yeah. two prop bets for the game for Bears and the uh, and the Vikings. Uh, Darnell Mooney over fifty and a half receiving yards. So this guy has been a big weapon for this Bears offense. Justin Fields looks for him. We're talking about one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL right yes. now for the Vikings. They are giving up big yards, big. 7.2 yards per pass play over 260 yards per game given up through the air they get lit up here mm. betting or booking darnell mooney to have a big game over over and a half. over i like it bet it um, yeah i don't need any discussion there uh, i i think if you like the over in the game you gotta like some over on the props this feels like one of those ones that you know we get there not relatively easy i don't want to put that on it but I like this over. I mean, this is a guy who's had three games of over 100 yards receiving this season. So it's it's not yeah. abnormal. And Robinson is not, for whatever reason, Allen Robinson and Justin Fields don't get along. They're just why don't they probably haven't practiced much together? Like he's been yeah. hurt and then not, and then and then you know he was hurt and then he wasn't, and like you build up the rapport in practice with the reps between mm-hmm. you know quarterbacks and receivers. If they don't practice together. It's hard to bring out onto the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, final one is Dalvin Cook over 17 and a half yards receiving. Ooh. He has had the last four games, 17 or more receiving yards. He's been targeted three or more times in all four of those games. Last game, one catch for 17 yards. The Bears have the number one sacking defense. Now I get it. That was with Mac before he got hurt and whatnot. But by percentage wise, 8% of the time when Pitt, when, when quarterbacks drop back, they get sacked by the Bears. That's number one. My thought is they're going to run the screen game a lot to Dalvin Cook. We just need one little screen pass over and he zips for 20 yards and this bet caches. Betting or booking Dalvin Cook over 17 and a half yards receiving. It's very rare we do this segment in years past where I bet everything. I I get nervous when we start to get <laughs> like that. So yeah. uh, we're starting a week off with I'm going to book this one. Um, okay. and just a little bit of a, a, a just a gut play uh, like John Harbaugh. Sometimes you just know the numbers, but you got to go with your gut. I'm going to book this one in thought that he's probably only going to get one or two opportunities and we'll keep him under if he gets one we're 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 good good if he gets two catches we might be in trouble if he gets three i don't know what his number of receptions prop is but if it's two and a half and he gets over that we're done toast but i'll i'll book this one i'll go under all right very very cool uh last question before we get to the best thing about today is do you have any confidence in betting the NBA or the NHL right now, given what's going nope. on with the COVID situation? No, nope. we were sitting there yesterday talking about it. We were talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they're doing. And we kind of looked ahead and mapped it out. And then, Oh, five guys got COVID games postponed and canceled. Now, wait, we got a break. We got a holiday break. We're going to postpone the games. Canada's not letting people win. There's no cross border games. What do we do at this point, man? And again, we love the games. We 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 love the betting on the games, all this stuff. It might be a better to just shut it down. And I saw the first thing scroll across on one of the the, the shows that I was watching that the NHL and the Olympics is probably not going to happen. And I was like, we said that last week. We mm-hmm. said it yesterday when we were all sitting there talking. You and I started talking about. We looked up at the board and like, geez, the Knights are doing some things right now. The Knights are on a road trip and keep winning these overtime games, cashing tickets. Do I have any confidence betting on the NHL? No, not at all. The NBA? NBA? Definitely not. No. no. 
No, I mean, it's if you're a Laker fan, you know, you got Anthony Davis out for now four weeks. And so you got that whole yeah. big problem for them. Mm. The Celtics are dealing with Massachusetts just changed their protocols that uh, essentially they're having to carve out an exemption to the new rules to allow the Celtics to actually practice and play. So, I mean, there's just so many issues going on right now with uh, COVID outbreaks and, yeah. and players. I mean, Kyrie Irving decides to come back unvaccinated in the first day he's back. In the protocols. He pops positive <laughs> for COVID. I mean, like, what's what going on? We you yeah. were out on and we brought you back. And this, like, yeah, um Christmas Day is a big deal in the book. Huge day. It's a huge for, yeah. day for the, the NBA. NBA. The NBA ratings. Yep. It's 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 huge. There's a lot of people at home watching basketball. There's a lot of people using the apps, betting. They run a lot of prop promotions on Christmas day for the NBA. They better play all those games. They better play all those games. They got to find a way. They got to play those games. And they might pause after, like I, I could see them to get us to Christmas and then we'll deal with the pause. <laughs> like just get us to those big, huge, maybe ten yeah. events. And then we'll talk about shutting it down for a bit or what. But I mean, every team, it feels like, I mean, five players is that's like, it's half the team. There's 12 yes. guys on a roster with three, you know, two or three practice players or whatever, but like there's 12 guys. So it's almost half the team. Yeah. And, and you're done. You can't feel the eight. You can't get the, you can't get to eight. Eight's right. the minimum. You Eight's the minimum. You can't play. That's it. No, it's, it's, we're kind of on that right now. Yep. All right. To wrap, like we always do, what in your opinion is the best thing about on this Christmas Monday? Oh, it's pretty easy here at, uh, at the Sherapan household. It's the first day of winter break. Um, you know, I got, we'll have kids around for the next couple weeks, nonstop. <laughs> Everybody stays up late, sleeps in, uh, you know, I, I got three of them, uh, two of them are still asleep. It's 11 o'clock in the morning and wow. they're still asleep because we stayed up and watched a movie last night. We stayed up. Nice. I had never seen the movie up before. Really? Um, that was the first time. Yeah. They've been telling how'd me. For, you with, how'd you deal with the first 15 minutes? Um, it's, it's pretty, these Pixar movies, so many of them are like, they're way, they're not kids movies. That was not a I kids movie. I saw it in the theater. I was a puddle. It kicked me in the, it kicked me in the head so hard. I, I, I had no idea what I was walking into. I had no clue. I, I, I took my little sister to go see it. My sister, Maggie, we went and go, we, we went and saw it together. I thought it was just going to be a Pixar movie. And I was an absolute wreck in the I, first 10 minutes. I had no idea. The kids have been telling me, Jess has been telling me you need to see up. It's one of, one of Jess's favorite movies and, and, yeah. and the kids really like it. And they, they talk about it all the time and they, they call the, you know, they call me Carl. They're like, you're like Carl and up sometimes, That's you know? So, so I was like, what are you talking about? So I watched the movie and didn't know anything about it. So you're right. You see the first 15 minutes and you're like, whoa. And I'm I'm all choked up too. Cause like oh. now, I mean, I cry at commercials. As a girl dad, you know, like, I mean, our emotions are wrecked. That Chevy, just, that Chevy commercial needs to come with a disclaimer right now. Yeah. Girl redoing the car for her dad. Oh, she, it's, it's, it needs, it's, oh. To, needs to just become with a disclaimer. Of Every like, time. Be careful. Be careful. Highly emotional <laughs> content about right. to run. Yeah. It kills terrible. me every time. Right. Every time. Every time. So yeah, so we stayed up late. We we, we you know we we made popcorn and we were up um watching movies. And, I, and we're gonna do watching, it probably multiple <laughs> times and catching up on movies that we haven't seen, watching them together. And uh it was great. So yeah, first day of, of winter break, ramp up. 
Daddy, you're going to be up late. Well, I mean, I I have two. So the first is Madeline slept into 8.30 this morning. First time in her life ever sleeping till 8.30 in the morning. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. I got up at 7.45, which is 45 minutes later than I normally get up because Maddie's always up at 7 o'clock. I set an alarm, but it's never – I'm always up way before the alarm. With her, she's she's up at 7. Okay, we're up. She's at 8.30. I was like, what is going on? She slept till 8.30. This is amazing. Now, she went to bed really late, both yeah. Friday and Saturday night. So we were out, and she normally goes to bed at like 8, 8.30, and she was going to bed at 10.30 and 11. So she was going to bed late. It's vacation, so she can stay up. Of that, was, that was one. 8.30 was like a hello. Very, very cool. And the second thing is that I, I saw, I saw this over the weekend, which I thought this is really cool. Uh, a website called Minted commissioned a poll that found that seven in 10 Americans are more excited to give their Christmas gifts this year than to receive their Christmas gifts this year. And I was like, that type of energy I'm here for. We Amen. A lot, a lot more of that. Like we're happy to give and not get. My only problem with it is if somebody asked you that question, would you say I'm more excited to receive my gifts and give my gifts? <laughs> Oh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a weighted question, is it not? It's kind of it like is, a character. It's a character test. It is. It is a weighted question, but I mean, I think it's okay to want to receive gifts. But I don't know. I I was I was that guy playing sports. I'm like, I'd rather make a nice pass than score yeah. a goal. I love yeah. it. I, point I, guard. So yeah, I get. I'm with. Yeah. You. Right. Exactly. So I, yeah. I mean, and, and we always kind of equate things back to sports. Yeah. That's a good pull. That's good energy. I like it. Yeah. So Americans, at least hopefully we're not lying about that, but hopefully we're coming to the Christmas spirit and like we're getting, we're getting all through it. So, yeah. all right, guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can always rewatch this on the props.com uh, YouTube channel. Just go and search props.com. Subscribe while you are there, by the way, so you get notifications whenever we're going to go live. It's one o'clock to two o'clock approximately Monday through Friday, Thursday and Friday. We are off, however, because I'm headed to Disney, but Tuesday, Wednesday, we are back coming up tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe, go follow at Austin versus the book on on Twitter for Dave Sherapan. I'm Matt Peralta. Talk to you tomorrow on a Tuesday to recap. We got two games tomorrow in the two NFL. Games. Two games in an NFL game. <laughs> Crazy week we're dealing with. We'll talk to you tomorrow.